You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. You're at the edge of the forest. You see it. The creature with hundreds of eyes peering at you through the mist. It's huge, and you can see flashes of yellow, the color of sacred maze. You grow nervous. Could it be the messenger from the realm of the gods? It steps out of the shadow and into the light, and you see it. A wild turkey. Hello and welcome to For the Love of History. I'm TK and this is episode one. I'm so glad you decided to join me today because we are talking about the God Turkey of 300 BC. Oh yes, my friend, the God Turkey. So in the description at the beginning of the episode, I'm sure that you did not expect me to say that a turkey walked out of the forest. It sounded like some mystical beast was going to come through, but to 300 BC Mayans, the turkey was a mystical beast. Now, I'm sure when you think of a turkey, you imagine it on the dinner table, right? Not particularly awe-inspiring, but I promise you at the end of this podcast, you are going to wish that Ben Franklin had won in his bid for the turkey to be the national bird of the United States. Not the stupid bald eagle. Just kidding. It's not stupid. I love it. It just looks really ridiculous in a side profile. Like, I'm telling you, you will laugh so hard if you Google side profile of a bald eagle. Do it. Do it. But that is enough of off-topic conversation. It's time to get episode one started. When you think about mysterious things or mysterious creatures, where do they live? Where do most fairy tales start? Well, that is in the forest, my friend, and especially at the edge of the forest. I know when I was a kid, I used to love to play right at the edge of the forest, but I would never go in because that is where the monsters live, at least in my, uh, you know, child brain. But it turns out I actually had very similar ideas to the ancient Mayans. They believed that the forest was not for humans, but for gods. This was where the gods lived. So people typically stayed out of the forest. And domesticated animals obviously didn't live in the forest. They lived with people. And anything not domesticated is kind of scary, am I right? But there was one animal that would go back and forth. And you guessed it. It was the wild turkey. It just so happens that the turkey, the wild turkey, lives right on that edge between the forest and where people lived. So wouldn't you know it, this made the wild turkey a perfect candidate to be a messenger between the gods and humans. The turkey was also very special to the ancient Mayans because of its coloring. Now, I don't know if you have ever seen a wild turkey, but they are a little bit weird looking and especially the males because in the bird world, the males get all of the cool colors and patterns and feathers, which is kind of rude. Nature, why do you do that? 
but allow me quickly to paint a picture for you of what wild turkeys look like if you have never seen one. Also, you can head on over to For the Love of History's Instagram page to see a picture of a wild turkey. Trust me, you need to see this picture. It's great. But here we go with the description. So turkeys, male turkeys, are really puffy. They've got big old bodies and tiny little legs. They've got bright yellow bumps all over their heads, and their feather colors are a combination of blue and green and brown and white. And their tail feathers are particularly interesting because when they fan out their tails, their feathers look like they have a bunch of little eyes all over them. So this color combination happened to be great and fit in perfectly with the Mayans' religious and cultural beliefs. The yellow on their head represented maize, which is a kind of teeny tiny corn that was a staple crop for the Mayans. We're going to get more into that later, but let me just say, no maize, no life. And the green on their bodies symbolized fertility and growth and just new good things. And the eyes, or what looked like eyes on their tail feathers, made it look like the turkey was watching you. And I'm sure those eyes looked pretty judgy. And I'm sure pretty creepy, which made them more mystical in a way. So this combination of where the turkey lived and what the turkey looked like made it the perfect candidate for a celestial messenger, a representative, if you will. But relaying messages back and forth was not the turkey's only purpose. We can't really talk about the Mayan culture and religion without mentioning ritual sacrifices. So here's just a very, very brief background on ritual sacrifice in the Mayan religion ancient Mayan religion. So humans and animals were sacrificed because blood was seen as food for the gods. And if the gods are hungry, let me tell you, they get hangry, a whole new level of hangry. I'm talking plagues, pestilence, famine, all of that. If the gods don't get food, if they're hungry. And we don't want that, now do we? Although the turkey was revered and basically a feathery mailman, turkeys were not exempt from ritual sacrifice given their close relationship with fertility because they have green coloring and yellow coloring. Like I said previously, fertility and maize were associated with those two colors. This meant the turkey was super potent when it came to ritual sacrifice. Like that was like premium high quality blood. After a little turkey snack, the gods would be super happy. You would have maize for days. It would be great. But the premium level of turkey sacrifice does not stop there. The turkey was actually the main event during New Year sacrificial ceremonies. The year literally could not start until a turkey was sacrificed. And this is because of the turkey's connection with a god known as Kawil. So Kawil is the god of fertility and also had a strong connection with birds. Through bird sacrifice, this god would make crops more abundant and grow better, which 
was great because the Mayans were an agriculturally based society. So essentially, the sacrifice of a turkey was the thing that set all life in motion. So essentially, no turkey, no turkey sacrifice, no happy God, and no maze. So that's it. The turkey is a kind little mailman who gets sacrificed on the occasion to basically bring life for the new year. Wrong-o. Nothing in life is ever that black or white, my friend. Our little turkey can sometimes be quite the pestilence bringer and not so nice at times. So I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I wanted a familial animal so bad. You know, like in the Golden Compass, that movie, and everybody had a little animal that followed them around and did whatever they said. I was so jealous when I saw that movie, but it turns out I was just born in the wrong time. Uh, If I was born as a 300 BC ancient Mayan, then I definitely could have had one of these. But TK, what does this have to do with the Mayan people? I will tell you, friend, the Mayan religion is polytheistic, meaning they believed in many gods, and they also believed in something called the Nagual. Now, I am not too proud to say that I was thoroughly stumped when I came across this word in my research. I had never heard of it before, but basically, a Nagual is a person who has the ability to shapeshift into different animals, a power which I am extremely jealous of. But shapeshifting was not the only power these super cool people had. They also had something called a weyus. And this was like that cool little friend animal in the movie The Golden Compass that I was talking about earlier. The one that follows you around everywhere. That thing that I'm extremely jealous of. But the weyus is a little bit different than in The Golden Compass. It was a part of them, but it could also exist on its own in the outside world, doing its owners, for lack of a better word, bidding, do whatever its owner said. Now, how do you get one of these ways? So there's two main ways. Number one, you were born with it. When, when I read that, I thought of the Maybelline commercial. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Just me? All right. (laughs) Moving on then. (laughs) So in this case, they were born with it. And the way it has to do with your birth date. So if you were born on a specific day, in a specific month, and at a specific time, that determined which way you got, which animal way you got. Or if you got one in the first place. Way number two was a little bit more labor-intensive. You had to go through a process of ceremonies or different rituals in order to get your weyus. So what does a weyus do in the first place? Like I said earlier, it gives the Nagual the ability to shapeshift. But they also have the ability to put their weyus outside of their body and send it to do mischievous things like torment an enemy or kill someone. Because guess what? Weyus feasted on the human spirit. 
no big deal. Just going to literally eat your soul. Some Wayas were more powerful than others. Our little friend, the wild turkey, was a particularly strong Wayas. Like I said in the beginning, the turkey is associated with maize and fertility, and those are really big things in ancient Mayan culture. Because what did we say? No maize, no life. No maize, no life, y'all. If you were one of the lucky ones to have a turkey weighus, you would have been super excited because that's like a super awesome weighus to get. Everyone would be super jealous and you'd be super badass. People who had turkey weighus were highly regarded. And one of my favorite examples of this is of an ancient Mayan ruler in La Corona, Guatemala. His name was Chak Akach Yuk, which translates to Great Male Turkey, Shaker of Cities. Super cool, right? But I know what you're thinking right now. But TK, does eating a few souls and shaking some cities really qualify you as such a bad guy? And also, where is this turkey god you have promised us? We're halfway through this podcast, and we have yet to hear about the turkey god. Well, the time has come, my friend, to introduce you to the precious night turkey, or Chalchu Tototlin. As I said before, the Mayans were polytheists, meaning they believed in many gods, and one of those gods was Chalchu Tototlin. You can see many pictures of him in tapestries and other artifacts from the time, including the Mayan Codex, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But he's big and beautiful and terrifying and extremely colorful and a turkey. Now, I've linked pictures to this god on the Instagram page, so please go check that out if you're interested in what he really looks like. I know my description was amazing, but, you know, you might want to see for your own eyes. Now, here's where things get super interesting. Chalchu Tototlin is actually, dun-dun-dun-dun, a weis of another god. And this is quite a famous god called Tezcatlipoca. And he was one of the top dogs when it came to the world of the gods. And he was the rival of the actually top god, Quetzalcoatl. So Tezcatlipoca, or Mr. T, as I like to call him, because we're friends. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. Mr. T spent most of his time causing all sorts of trouble like tempting the weak of heart to do his evil bidding, devouring souls, destroying cities, and just basically being a not great guy. And occasionally, he would shapeshift into our friend the night turkey who we were talking about earlier. Now, as I said, you can find Chalchu Tototlin in something called the Mayan Codex, which is kind of an accordion-style book describing rituals, gods, and Mayan calendars. It's a really important book to both the culture and the religion of the ancient Mayans. And in this book, he is described as bringing sickness and death to entire 
villages. But he's also described as saving pure souls from horrible fates. He'll help you if you are worthy. And in these two scenarios, he looks completely different. In his terrible, I'm going to kill everybody in this entire village phase, his eyes are black, he's crouched over like he's the predator, and he looks like he's ready to attack. But in his times of helpfulness and absolution, his eyes are white and his wings are spread out as if to welcome you in for like a little hug, a little turkey hug. So this is super interesting because he could be both corrupting and cleansing. One minute, he could be slurping up a soul, and the next, he could actually be helping a worthy person overcome something terrible. And throughout the Codex, this is Tetkatlipoka's only Weyus form that did this, which is super cool, but there's only one downfall. The precious night turkey's mood could change on a dime. You didn't know if you were going to get super nice night turkey or super crappy night turkey. It was really <laughs> it was really a 50-50 shot. But being such a fickle god had its perks because, you know, he could rain down such horror upon people, yet so much fortune. And so he was highly worshipped with ritual sacrifice, which, as you know, is the food of the gods, and other forms of praise. It's always better to stay on a moody person's good side. I know you know this. I know there's somebody who works in your office or is in one of your classes, and it's just better to be nice to them because it makes your life easier. But let's bring it back to the turkey god. I'll give you one guess as to what people sacrificed to Chatu Tutolin. Hmm? What do you think? Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. It was a turkey. We've come full circle. We're sacrificing turkeys to turkey gods. What a whirlwind, you guys. We talked about feathery mailmans. We talked about the religious and cultural connections of turkeys to the Mayan people. We've talked about people who can shape shift into turkeys. And most importantly, we talked about Chalchu Totolan, our precious night turkey, the god who can both cleanse and corrupt. But what has happened to our fine feathered friend? How did it go from god to grocery store. Unfortunately, colonization is what happened, dear listener. In 1523, Cortes sent Pedro de Alvardo to conquer the Maya in Guatemala. The Mayans fought back, but unfortunately, in the mid-1500s, they just couldn't take it anymore, and Spanish cities were founded in the Mayan lands and essentially stopped the Mayans from practicing their religion and culture. So this meant the great male turkey was shaking no more cities, and Chal Totolan could no longer bring about pestilence or forgiveness. The turkey went from the realm of the gods to the kitchen, where it remains today. 
Thank you so much for coming along with me today as we remembered the glory days of our friend, the turkey. I hope the next time you sit down for a turkey dinner or take a bite into a turkey sandwich that you remember not long ago, a turkey weighs could have come on by and sucked your soul right out of your body. Once again, thank you so much for spending time with me today. And I hope you tune in next week to hear about why Pope Gregory IX started a war on cats and why you should avoid cat buttholes at all costs. Alrighty, see you next time. Bye! Why is there a metronome right now? Okay. <laughs>